Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Talk for Freedom with uh, Cesar Lopez and Chuck with Chuck Paul LLC. Great. And today we have a great interview with a great organization that's doing awesome work here in San Antonio, Texas. So just want to say thank you for uh, tuning into iTunes podcast and also Google Play and following us uh, at 821 Freedom Chasers on Facebook, Chuck Paul LLC on Facebook and also Instagram. So Chuck, why don't you kick us off? So today we have an opportunity to talk with my friend Kayla. Now I've known Kayla for many years and she is a passionate champion for those who have been victims of exploitation, of injustice, of just generally being marginalized and overlooked and being sent to the back of the bus. And, and Kayla is a champion that she doesn't come across as looking like one. She's not someone that you would look at and say, wow, like she's a warrior. But in the spiritual realm, Kayla is the, the giant armored warrior. But you know, when you look at her, you go, okay, I can understand she looks intelligent, but it, it just looking at Kayla and then and then hearing her talk, and you're going to get that experience today. Y'all are going to get that experience of hearing Kayla talk and hear the passion in her voice, how much of a champion she is, and how much sense she makes when she talks about not only human trafficking, but why do we have human trafficking? What's the real why behind these things? So Kayla, can you just introduce yourself to us, please? Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. And what Chuck is probably referring to is I am 5'2". I am short. <laughs> so I am not a giant on the outside, but thank you for the compliment. I am on the inside. Um, so I started for her, formerly known as Lavish, here in San Antonio um, back in December of 2011. And um, our mission today is fostering dignity and growing equity for women at risk in San Antonio, Texas, especially those who have been sexually exploited. So Kayla, can you give us a little bit of history of how you came into the world of working with those who've been marginalized and exploited? Absolutely. Um, well, it goes back to December of 2011 and even actually four years prior to that. I had had this idea um, seeing similar work done in Las Vegas and in LA of you know groups going into strip clubs and just loving and encouraging women, bringing them gifts. And I thought that is such an amazing idea. I love that, I would love to do that. And so um, being the praying woman that I am, I prayed on it and I didn't really feel um, like it was the right time and four years go by, fast forward to December of 2011 and um, all the right things and pieces fell into place. And we said, let's do it. Let's just go out and see what happens. Um, I had a college age ministry at the time for women. And so I, I took all of those women with us and we brought uh, Christmas gifts to 100 women. And um, what was supposed to be just a one-time outreach um, obviously, we're here eight years later. <laughs> I did not know what I was signing up for, um, but it all just started with outreach and has grown. You know, since then, we have uh, three other different programs that we do with the women that we reach out to. Uh, what really got me was learning that 90% of those working in the sex industry today are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And as a fellow um, survivor of childhood sexual abuse, I understood how without really a support system, without um, you know, family and friends and direction, 
on, you know, what are my next steps in life and just not having, you know, privilege, honestly, um, to make those kind of decisions and to have the freedom um, to choose. I can see so easily how women um, get caught into the sex industry, either by choice or um, by being exploited by another person or trafficked through the industry. So I have a question. Um, you're, you mentioned sex industry and a lot of uh, people maybe refer to that as the adult entertainment industry. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So um, some people say they're one and the same. Some people like to separate them. Um, the commercial sex industry includes strip clubs, massage parlors, porn sets, um, escorting. That's all kind of under the banner of the commercial sex industry. Um, some activities which are legal uh, based on your city and state um, and nationally, you know, based on the different laws that are in place, some things are legal and some things are illegal. Um, but you can be guaranteed that illegal things are happening in legal places and establishments. Yeah, thank you for defining that. And um, just want to make sure that the audience makes that connection to everything you just explained about the sex industry. And you mentioned earlier that uh, there are people in it that don't want to be in it. Yes. So I, I want to make sure the audience captures that because um, as a man, but you know, you there's a lot of men out there who uh, see that industry mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily see it as something that they don't want to do. They usually say, oh, they're in it for the money. You know, they want to they make money. And then there's all these uh, other areas where women say they're doing it to pay off their college and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, that's a big misconception um, that women are working there of their own free will when actually 70% uh, of those who are working in the sex industry feel like they have no other options. Uh, so, you know, you look at that and you break down what is choice, right? We have liberty to make choices um, when you know, our life is in a stable place and when we have a good support system around us, when we have, you know, when we're lacking nothing in the financial area, when we have a good family um, that to fall back on and all of these things. And so a lot of uh, women, especially those who we've encountered, you know, I can't speak for those that we haven't, but for those that we've encountered, um, when we start to break down, what does that choice look like? You know, it can be straight up exploitation and trafficking where someone else is pulling the strings, someone else is receiving the money that they're making in the clubs and working them through the clubs. Or a trafficker could be recruiting um, a girl that's already working in the industry who's vulnerable to being trafficked, who may, you know, start off working for herself. But once again, because of lack of opportunity and options in her life, she feels like her body is her only commodity. And I think that's important to note that, you know, if you really look at the bulk of who's working in the sex industry, it's no one who is like, yes, I want to be in this. This is my passion. Um, or I feel liberated by doing this work. You know, we speak with girls in the dressing room at strip clubs who break down because they don't know if they can go back out there and do it. They have to self-medicate through drugs, through alcohol. And, you know, if you really are passionate about your job, it shouldn't require those things of you in order to do it. Um, so that's, you know, that's a huge issue is just understanding what does choice really look like and, um, you know, talking to women who are actually there, not just assuming because of what we see in movies, what we hear in the media, that like this is a, um, you know, the woman working in the sex industry is liberated. It's usually not the case. Yeah, thank you for helping us uh, make that connection. And, and like you talked about, it's not choice, Kayla. It's out of what other reason? It's a need-based. Right. 
but what is it they're actually I mean let's just clarify what they're actually selling in these industry in the sex based industry what are they selling they're selling sex they're selling sex and, and you know the basics is if you're selling sex then we would use words like prostitution in there or or um, uh, you know derogatory terms referring back to prostitution and, and I can tell you that in my experience, I've met very few prostitutes because I define a prostitute as someone that would be willingly selling sex. Correct. And most of the literally, literally hundreds of sex workers I've talked to and the young people who have been in this world, they were prostituted persons. Yes, correct. So they're being sold. And that goes back to this basics of, of sexual slavery and, 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 and debt bondage and lack of need and basically the marginalized being taken mm -hmm. advantage of. But traditionally, this has been women throughout the world history, yes. right? Yes. Um, you know, even today, even in 2020, we see it play out, you know, even in, in the workplace, you know, women are not being compensated as much as men. Um, we see in... Um, not just in the workplace, but in our, our communities and our faith communities where women are give, not given the same opportunities as men. And so this issue really is much deeper rooted than in, you know, this is not a separate issue of trafficking and, oh, that happens out there. No, this is happening here in our circles. And we are, you know, often perpetuating the cycle of abuse and inequality because of how we view women and how we've been taught to view and to treat women. And even if it's, um, you know, just even that a woman needs to rely on a man for income, even something like that embedded in someone who does not have opportunity, the same opportunities maybe as you have, I, you know, those types of messages are what perpetuate abuse and exploitation. And I think, you know, just even the imbalance of power, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's this imbalance of power of I'm a person in need um, you know, I may have children. A lot of the women that we work with are single mothers. And so they're just trying to feed, you know, their children, put food on the table. And here's this wealthy man who's at a strip club and he has money. He has something that I need. Right. And so there's this imbalance of power. And I may even put myself in a situation or or feel pressured by my exploiter, by management, by um whoever is exploiting me right that like i need to get that money to survive and also to keep me safe and so it ends up being you know this cycle of exploitation in the you know recipient on the other end the man who is getting those services is you know perhaps in the dark and doesn't believe or doesn't know that like there's all these other people at play it's not just her and she is not necessarily a willing participant um, so that's how I would, you know, qualify. That is exploitation. And it doesn't look like, you know, someone, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this, it's not someone just chained to a radiator and, you know, <laughs> like those images really discredit mm -hmm. um, what a true survivor looks like and and understanding our role and how we can help. Yeah. Yes, and, and so that goes back to even that man, that, that man that's sitting there, he's very much in the dark. He may believe the story of, well, you know, she's just paying for college and I'm just helping her pay for college. I'm getting my need met because, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, let's go back to the mentality that, that I've heard men say, well, you know, she was kind of asking for it. She was dressed that way or, you know, she wouldn't be mm -hmm. acting all seductively and dressed that way if she did. She wasn't asking for it. Yeah. So was she really asking for it or is that mm -hmm. just a lie we perpetuate with ourselves to make it okay to look at pornography or to make right. it okay to 
watch that movie that has strong sexual content and maybe even stimulates like sexual assault. Right. Is it okay to, you know, look at a woman and not just look at her for who she is, but look beyond that and say, well, you know, how is she dressed? What kind of woman is she based on how she's dressed? Mm -hmm. And as society, I think we try to um, put titles that make us feel better. So like you heard the term sugar daddies, mm -hmm. right? It sounds cute. It sounds right. okay. But at the root of it, there's something else going on. Yes, right? yes. And so I think it's important to realize that um, there are, you know, when men are going to strip clubs and they're trying to, you know, entertain themselves, entertain their friends, entertain a business partner, entertain someone, mm -hmm. um, they don't realize, some of them do and some of them don't, but they don't realize what's going on behind and what these women are going through, women right. or men. Right. And I think that, you know, that goes back to the conversation of consent. You know, consent is enthusiastic, you know, Yes, <laughs> it is. I am fully engaged. I know all of the factors here. Um, there's there's uh, a complete openness between both parties that are consenting, and that is never present. I mean, I have not heard of a scenario where that is present. And, you know, I will say this, when a man or a woman prioritizes their wants and their desires over someone else's dignity, you know, that is exploitation. There's that imbalance of my needs are more important than this other person's dignity. And just paying for sex mm -hmm. in general, you know, is prioritizing your desires over someone else's dignity. Because no one should should um, have sex for yeah. money. You know, that is at its core, you know, supposed to be something beautiful and engaging between two consenting adults. Um, who, you know, love and respect one another. And when you bring money into it, that's, you know, Changes we know everything. where that goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So going back to um, what you're doing at For Her to um, help these women uh, that are either trapped or they don't know where to go. So what are some of those programs that you guys uh, do to help them? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Uh, so obviously the way that we started is through outreach and so we still maintain outreach and we bring gifts to survivors and women at risk, um, specifically those working in strip clubs around San Antonio, introducing them to direct services and support. Um, and so, you know, what that looks like is bringing a little gift box that has, you know, may have makeup and may have a journal. Um, a snack, you know, a gift that we would want to receive ourselves um, is what we give out. And then each box has a little book of hope inside of each, you know, one. And that explains who we are, what we do, and what we offer. And our goal really with outreach is to make connections and develop relationships and trust with women so that when they are ready to reach out and if they need support of any kind, and whether that's, hey, I'm ready to exit, or hey, I just need someone to talk to or I'm looking for these you know different types of resources we're there um, so that's the second part of what we do is advocate for our women so um, advocacy is our second uh, program where we develop a woman's confidence with trauma through trauma-informed therapy um, we are launching some life skills classes and continuing education opportunities here in the spring um, which I'm really excited about because we just want to provide those opportunities for growth and development and help a woman really see herself um, in a way that maybe she hasn't seen herself in the past. 
to know that she has value and worth and that she is more than her body. Um, so I'm really excited about that aspect of what we're starting and doing. Um, and thirdly, we have uh, our community. And that's where we are really expanding a woman's network and her circle of support through community gatherings and creating connections um, socially, educationally, and professionally. So we're connecting women with, you know, faith communities, with um, mentors who, you know, if you're looking to go in this certain area, if you have a passion for this specific industry, we want to connect you with someone who's doing that successfully. Um, and then awareness and education, it's doing what we're doing today, right? Just sharing and shedding light on what does it look like to be a survivor of sexual trauma? Um, how can we talk about gender equality and how the community as a whole can be for her? Um, so we provide, you know, we do different types of informative events and free educational and vocational classes, you know, for the women that we're reaching as well. Um, and that's, that's the bulk of our work. That's what we do. So Kayla, as you were talking about um, your programs, you talked about uh, giving a gift. And so I'm curious, so what is what what kind of gifts are you giving them? But also what's that process of um, giving it? So you mentioned at the strip clubs, when you get there, what how do you get in? What are those things that you're going through um, as an organization, as a person or, or a team? That's a great question. Um, we, you know, we walk in, we are, you know, well received. A lot of people ask that, or like, how do you even get into these places? That's like our number one question. And I always tell people, I'm like, we just asked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds easy, right? But I, for me, I think since I've never done it, never been there, I'm thinking they don't, they don't want you there. You know, they're you're there. It's a place of business for them, right? right? Right. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, you know, we. We have really good relationships with the management working at the strip clubs. And I think that's because, you know, we're not treating them like they're the enemy. I think that's another thing. You know, this issue is not black and white, like there are humans involved on all sides of this. And I think for the management who, you know, hugs us as, you know, as we come in and greet us, they want to be a part of something good. And, you know, I don't know what it looks like for them at the end of the day to go home after doing their work. Yeah. But I know that, you know, there's this moment that they have an opportunity to do something good for the women that we're reaching and they believe in that. So it's really cool um, to kind of, <laughs> I guess, pull back the curtain yeah. on even that idea that like, oh, like there are these evil guys in suits mm -hmm. when like they're really my friends and they've opened up we get to pray with management or whoever asks for it and we get to give these gifts freely without expectation um so i will say we you know we hand out 175 gifts and these gifts are made available because of our partnerships with churches who either sponsor or host a um, a packing party to put together these gifts and so it's really cool because that's a way that the community can engage they can come to a packing party and um, put together these gifts that are going to the women so once we get to the clubs and we're you know we have all of our gifts in tow so once we go into the strip club you know usually we're guided or we're able to go just directly by ourselves back to the dressing room of the strip club and that's where the magic happens we call that the holy of holies <laughs> um so we get to go into where no one else gets to and um hand out these gifts to the girls and you know probably about half have met us before and the other half are new faces every time we go 
And so that's an opportunity for us to talk about who we are and what we offer. And, you know, some women are reluctant to receive the gifts because they're like, wait, wait, like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like what's mm-hmm. what's, what's behind this? Yeah. Like, what do you want from me? Why are you giving me this gift? Because it can't be free. Yeah. Because um, there's always expectations. They don't know what it's like to receive something without something being expected back in return. And I think that's very indicative of, you know, Christ and how he gives us, you know, this gift of life, of eternal life freely and doesn't ask, you know, for anything in return. And, you know, the way that Christ loves, that's how we want to love the women that we're reaching out to. And that is so powerful because they really, that could be the first time I remember actually the very first outreach that we went on and we handed a gift to a gal and it's Christmas time. And she said, this is the only Christmas gift I'm going to receive this year. And we were just blown away. Just could not believe that like, no, there was no one else in her life that saw her value. Um, No one else loving her without expectations. And you know, here we were, we didn't even realize like the impact that that would have on someone's life. So it's so much more than a gift, right? You're a deliverer of hope and of real unconditional love. And that's something so much bigger than any of us. And I think that's what draws people to be a part of this mission is because it's something so much bigger (laughs) than who we are individually. Um, But, you know, now, like we've been going for eight years in the strip clubs and we are a fixture there, you know, like it is expected that we are going to be there and be a part um, of that community. We get invited to, you know, some crazy parties and, and things like that. But it's because like they have invited us in to that yeah. place um, when they don't have to. And I think that's also just shows like the power of God's love and, and what it can accomplish and tearing down walls and things that divide us. Um, because so many have been hurt by the church in those places, have been judged for their choices. And to, for someone to come in and say, hey, I don't judge you. I just want to be here for you. That's powerful. That's really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right how a, a gift, um, as simple as it might sound, brings hope. And that's, that's an important part of, I think, that first step of rebuilding. Uh, someone and right. opening that trust and building that relationship. Um, so after uh, what 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 do most women do after you give them the gift? Um, you know, do do they usually ask more questions, want to know more about it, or um, do you sometimes take some months before you hear back from them? Um, I would say for someone that we just met, um, you know, they're still trying to figure us out. They may ask lots of questions or they may just take it and, you know, and then slowly open it and start reading the the pamphlet in the corner. Um, It just kind of depends on the person. But yeah, it usually takes several months to, you know, build trust. Uh, But once we do, you know, we come in there and man, the girls are like, oh, the lavish girls are here. That's what our um, outreach program is called is lavish Mm -hmm. kind of a nod to where we started and um you know they are excited to see us we embrace they come and hug us and you know they start filling us in you know on what's been going on over the last you know four weeks since we saw them and we get to hear you know their celebrations and their struggles and um and it's just a reminder that like someone is here so when they are ready to connect um and they do they reach out 
you know, some women come to us directly from the strip club. Other women are referred to us from other agencies. Um, so though our outreach is focused on women working in the sex industry, who we serve is broader than that. So we actually serve women um, who are at risk of exploitation, um, as well as those who may have been trafficked at some point or exploited at some point in their past, but may not be currently, but need services, you know, are ready to start doing the the hard work, right? And um, so we can provide, you know, free licensed professional counseling, um, help them kind of map out what are my next steps? Like, how do I move towards the person that God created me to be and start living out my purpose? And, and that's, that's an invitation that we offer to, you know, women at risk um, who may be in a vulnerable situation or who are working in the sex industry or who have been exploited at some point in their life. Yeah, you uh, and your organization is doing some amazing things in, an, in a place that a lot of people don't um, expect uh, this type of thing to be happening. Um, they don't expect uh, a group of women to come in and minister in a way to um, strippers. Right. Um, they, they don't even think about that. I think most men that go in there don't even think about that. Breaking it down to like what for my listeners to really understand yeah. is that literally, Kayla, you're meeting women our fellow human beings, someone's mom, someone's sister, someone's little girl, and they're in a desperate situation where they're having to take desperate means to survive. And right. then you're showing them that they're more than just what the world has told them they are. Right. And you're introducing them to what God says they are. Correct. What God says they are. And what they are is they are the crown jewel of creation. I mean, you know, Eve was came last. She's right. the crown jewel of creation. When God saw Adam by himself, he said, That ain't right. After <laughs> God had gone through that entire first half going, Oh, he created the separation of the dark from the light, and then the animals, the plants, and the seas. That's right, that's right. And some Adam by himself said, That ain't right. Right. You know, and then gave my, gave him Eve. So you're literally introducing them to what God says they are. And then you take one step further and you help them to see themselves for who they really are in the light of Christ, as well as say, hey, what's your passion? What's mm -hmm. your, you know, are you passionate about artwork? Are you passionate about engineering? Are you passionate about computer science? And you're introducing them into those industries where they're able to flourish and become part of our society as a yeah. strong, independent human being. Yes, yeah, it's true independence, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of women, you know, I will say that is a need um, of the women that we're serving is, you know, they need autonomy, they need to feel independent. Someone has always been pulling the strings and in control of their life. And so to say, hey, you know, the sex industry is a false sense of independence and autonomy. And, and it's a counterfeit to the real thing. And this is actually independent. This is what it looks like to be in charge and in control of your own life. What do you want the audience, as we uh, wrap up, what do you want the audience to know about For Her and you know what you guys are doing? So what I would wanna say is, regardless of your gender, regardless of your history, whether you've ever been a buyer of sex or um, a participant, or you've worked in a strip club, you've gone to a strip club, it doesn't really matter. Um, what matters is the decisions that you make today. And as we all grow and, and learn on this journey, like 
at that point, we're responsible to do something with that information that we've learned. And we have a decision to make on, you know, how am I going to live out my life knowing this now? So I, it's really an invitation. I think, um, you know, we have a, a man that I met um, while speaking about for her. And he came up to me after the event and, you know, said, hey, I was actually in the strip club this week. And what you're sharing with me now, I don't want to go back and I want to help. And so he actually, you know, went through this whole transformative process and started giving back into these areas. And it was so powerful. And I think we need to leave those lines of communication open and give people permission to be honest with where they're at and give them an invitation to now participate. If you've ever been a buyer, it doesn't mean that you can't do something now. So I would just say, yeah, the invitation is open to all people to be for her, um, regardless of your past. And we would love to connect with you if you want to check us out. Um, our website is IamForHer.org. And you can learn the many ways to get involved. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I think, if anything, what we can take away from this episode is that we can all be more compassionate and understanding um, for anyone who is involved in the sex industry. You know now that not everyone is there because they want to be, and uh, you can be more compassionate. If you're a woman listening to this podcast, uh, invite your son, uh, your husband to listen to this as well, because I think it's so important for men um, to get it right and to make good decisions as you invited us to do is to make good decisions today about the things that we're doing and uh, don't go out there and buy sex just say no to it right say no when you have that opportunity that desire or uh, you're amongst your friends that are just wanting to have a good time uh, understand that the decisions you're making are having uh, a greater impact on someone else as well um, so thank you so much uh, Chuck any last comments just Kayla thank you so much for being with us thank you so much for sharing you know how for her is helping women that are in marginalized throughout our society men out there i'd like to just send a message by being for her that doesn't mean you're anything less not being a male it has nothing Amen. to do to diminish your masculinity or your position where god sees you being for her simply says i'm willing to step up behind the women in my life to say i'm here to support you i'm here to help you fight those battles but i'm not here to fight the battles for you you don't need to put her up on a status a pedestal being for her means you're willing to stand alongside of her you're willing to back her up you're willing to be there for her when she needs your help and even if you've ever been in a situation where you've bought sex or you've been in a locker room and the guys were talking derogatory about you know that girl you know just because the way she was dressed or act know that even in that situation you could be for her and let everyone around you know this is who I am this is my this is who I my position and that I'm not going to allow everyone even in quiet to not be for her it's absolutely true thank so you Chuck. Yep. <laughs> thank you so thank you for listening uh, once again leave us a comment or rate us on uh, podcast iTunes podcast or also Google Play visit us at a21freedomchasers.org at LLC, and also iamforher.org uh, and you also have a Facebook and Instagram account as well yes. where you can interact as well yeah I am for her Great. both <laughs> so look them up thank you so much join us again for another episode take care <laughs>